I just want to start off this episode by thanking the veterans that got killed in action for defending our freedoms here in America. The freedoms that we take for granted every single day. Thank you to the past, present, and future people risking their lives for us to sustain our great American freedoms. With that being said, lots of people are on my side when it comes to thanking our troops, but some people are not, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Also in the news, we have the Target boycott becoming the worst outcome for Target, with them losing over $11 billion to date, just because they wanted to sell a talking bathing suit for kids. But we do have news that they have removed all of this from all of their stories, so I'm very excited for that. James O'Keefe dropping a bombshell report that John Fetterman wants to overturn the Second Amendment. Could see that coming. And last but not least, Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden have now finally reached a deal with the debt limit. And there's not one side that gets more than the other. Let's break it down, all of that and more on today's episode. Facts over facts over tracks is a mess, spitting slow, spitting fast. I could roast, I could gas, think I'm okay at last, but I don't know if that can erase all the past. Yesterday was Memorial Day, but the saddest part about it is that people don't realize that our nation has not always been this way. It took a long time to get America to how it is today. It took defending our freedom, even though you might not agree with the reasons that we are fighting for. From the Sons of Liberty during the Boston Tea Party to Ukraine, even though there are very different wars, people still risk their life because there is a higher order than them. They know that the United States is more important and it is worth the risk. But people now don't realize this fact and don't honor our brave heroes that got killed in battle or the case of the Vietnam War got sprayed with toxins that altered their bodies forever. Instead, people now complain about the small parts of American history that were bad and unjust, like slavery. Everyone understands that slavery is bad, but they force us to stop the sentence there, as many people like to do. Instead, we need to realize that America wouldn't be America as it is today if any of American history was different. If America did not have slaves, it would look drastically different of a place than it does today. This is because slavery was a part of American history, whether we like it or not, and of course I don't. But we need to realize that we can't just change the past, but instead we need to focus on the past and teach the past so then our present and future does not repeat itself. Not only on that aspect, but also in the aspect of evils that are out to destroy our civilization, like transgenderism. We all know it's a perverse concept out to destroy what it means to be a woman, boiling it down to body parts and looks. But we all know the truth. That couldn't be farther from it. The people more broadly get this concept. That's why when Target comes out with a children's bathing suit that is meant to take a, children, a child's genitals and shove it into the children's butt area, there needs to be repercussions. And luckily, there was. Looking at the last few weeks, we saw them lose over $10 billion just because they wanted to come out with a bathing suit of this nature for a child. If you can look at this and hear this without gasping or at least being concerned, then I'm worried about you. With that being said, let's dig into the headlines of the week. Okay, so starting off, we actually have a James O'Keefe expose, and we actually have this video. New special assistant to Sen John Senator John Fetterman says the senator was, quote, okay with overturning the Second Amendment. I mean, this is to, ex to be expected because John Fetterman doesn't even know how to speak. 
he can't even say one coherent sentence. And if you want an example of this, we can actually look back at him at trying to ask the SVB Bank CEO a question. Is, is it staggering? Is it a staggering responsibility that, uh, the, that the head of a bank could literally, could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, uh, and, and they also realize is that, that, that now they have, it's in, a, guaranteed, a guaranteed way to be saved, by, again, by no matter, no matter by, by how, you know. So it's, it's, you know, isn't it appropriate that the, those kinds of, the, this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going? Or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank, regardless of how, how there's, their conduct is? Yes, this question makes no sense at all. Where's the question? And I would just, just I don't even know what I would do in this situation. If I was asked this question, I would be like, mm, so what's the question? And he would be like, and mumble for another five minutes. Like, what is your question, dude? He'd probably, he'd be okay with like overturning the second amendment, probably. I think he would much rather prefer like nobody has guns at all. When you're so exclusive with who you give interviews to, it's like, the ones you pick, like, we'll just say exactly what you know? Um, it's so interesting, but I want to know who is. they are because I'll, I'll listen to those people. Um, they're just like puppets though, of like big reporters who were like, aren't like, who we know will paint the narrative the way we want. So, so that's why you pick the journalists that you pick, because they'll say whatever you want them to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like they won't paint it in a bad light, you know? But well, we'd like to introduce you to special assistant Luke Borwigan, who told us, quote, everyone wants a story on Fetterman. Because like, everybody wants a story about John Fetterman. And we only give it to certain people. Well, leave it to the O'Keefe Media Group to bring you that story it's just so funny that he <laughs> see what i just pictured in my head was that there's this meme going around if you get a date with a pretty girl then it's probably a james o'keefe independent journalist <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so funny because these people they're getting like almost all of these dates is just a hidden camera and he's they're asking specific questions why are you just answering like it it's not just conversation at this point. You have to be asking yourself, mm, are they really asking me because they want to know these specific questions or is there like a camera around here? And then they ask the independent and the undercover journalist, oh, are you an undercover journalist? No, no. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, well, yeah, they're going to say, yeah, oops, you foiled it. You spoiled it. Like, no, they're going to say, no, no, I'm not. No, ooh, you can trust me. Like they say the same exact thing every single time. You're just so stupid. <laughs> it's so funny. That's like if you have, I mean, like, and, and they also realize is that, that, that now. Yeah, John Fredman doesn't even know what he's saying. It's just so funny. James O'Keefe with OMG here in our nation's capital to report on a story involving U.S. Senator John Fetterman. Associates, colleagues, constituents have long been fascinated with Fetterman's mental and cognitive issues. Everyone wants a story on John Fetterman. Well, we'd like to introduce you to special assistant Luke Borwigan, who told us, quote, everyone wants a story on Fetterman. Well, leave it to the O'Keefe Media Group to bring you 
that story. Like my job is like to be like the in-between between him and the rest of the staff. I have like a, an iPad I carry around, which yeah. like live transcribes everything everyone's saying. <laughs> because he doesn't even know what he's even being told. That's why you need a closed caption device on you at all times. Sometimes it misses stuff or like it'll just cut out um, mm -hmm. based on like, you know, self-service and shit. Yeah. My job is to put the iPad there so like he can pick up on everything they're saying. Mm -hmm. So my, I have to strong arm these journalists and like, that's, that's so not my right. job, but like, you know, there's so many reporters and like the reporters, um, like, they don't want, we don't, we shouldn't just be telling them to like if they're reporters we like, like it's good to have a good relationship with them. Yeah. We have our press operation is like a work of art. Like yeah. the way that like like reporters, we can tell them to themselves, and they can't do anything because they need us more than we need them. Because like everybody wants a story about John Fetterman, and we only give it to certain people. Only big reporters who. Like, <laughs> it's just hilarious how how high he looks at himself like get off your high horse dude people care about john fetterman only because he's just the most mentally disturbed person in the senate right now like paint aren't like who you know will paint the narrative the way we want so it's like when john tries himself up for depression you tell one reporter um in particular because like they will hit the facts that we yeah but that's not a fact then that's an opinion that's that's the major difference here it's like we pick reporters who like we know will give us like a good treatment they're desperate for an interview with john i mean like doesn't mean they're bad reporters but like if you want to access journalism is no it's like report it's like reporters who will basically tell whatever story like their subject wants as long as they get the interview like there's certain like trump journalists who are accused of that because like everybody wants an interview with the guy yeah but like that's the thing when you're so exclusive with who you give interviews to it's like the ones you pick like we'll just say exactly you know, like. See, the thing that makes me kind of uncomfortable is that he's just swearing so much. Like, can you just calm down with the swearing? Like, you can't explain what you want to get through without swearing. Every, like, the F word, every couple words, every couple sentences, the S word, every couple sentences. Like, relax for a second and use your words and actually describe it because you don't need to be swearing like this at a public restaurant. See, for me, I don't like doing that. I, I don't like swearing in general. But this is like a public restaurant. That's what I'm like. You're a government official and you're swearing like a sailor. So that's why you pick the journalist that you pick. Because they'll say whatever you want them to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like they won't paint it in a bad light, you know? Borwigan, special assistant to John Fetterman, says that they pick journalists that will, quote, say exactly what the f you want them to. Yeah. He also says that the journalists are puppet. They are. We don't need his approval for that. They are. I mean, that's why they attack James O'Keefe and Project Veritas so much independently is because of the fact that they have their own narrative and they don't go based off of other people's narrative and they don't just have their own narrative. They investigate the story with undercover journalists, which the media hates because they can't control the narrative. He actually names the journalists, including oh. Kara Swisher Damn. and the group Pod Save America. We already knew Pod Save America is just the most one-sided. It's like watching CNN or MSNBC, but instead of just that, you have the one person. You have Anderson Cooper himself on Pod Save America. It's just the most horrible network.
behaving like puppets for the John Fetterman campaign. Did you see that Joe Scarborough interview? Who? Uh, Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough? Yeah, uh, Scarborough. Like, um, you ever heard of, like, Morning Joe? Morning, is that a guy that you guys did an interview with? Yeah, and he actually sucks. Yeah, he does. Uh, Pod Save America, it's like these former... Um, Pods? Uh, Pod Save America, like podcasts. Oh, Pod Save America? Yeah, like, they're these former Obama staffers. Okay. Who, like... They were, like, one of the first big political podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think they are, like, the number one political podcast in the country. Um, just because, like, they've had it for, like, ten years and, like, built a brand on it before anybody else had podcasts. Yeah. Um, we did an interview with them post-stroke, like, a month out from the election. Okay. And they did really well. Because you knew they would go along with what you wanted? Oh, yeah. So who are those journalists that you guys like? Um, did we have an interview with Time? Time? Time Magazine, yeah. Okay. There's this, like, tech reporter who is also, has, like, veered into political stuff, and her name's Kara Swisher, and she, like, has multiple podcasts that I listen to, like, every okay. single day. Of course. Kara yeah, Swisher, she's, it, like, one of the best. Is she one of the ones that has interviewed Fetterman, though? Um, it's so interesting, but I want to know who is. they are because I'll, I'll listen to those people. Um, there's like puppets though. Of- Politicians in Washington. <laughs> See, this is the thing. These journalists, and we already knew this, these journalists are just puppets for whoever is on their network at the time. That's why. You cannot listen to one-sided news networks and pretend as though you're getting the complete facts. You're not. You're getting a one-sided narrative that fits only the network that they're on's perspective of what's actually going on. It's not the actual reality. It's the opinion on what is happening in the world. That's exactly why you should just look at the facts or watch podcasts that go over the facts. And are often loath to reveal their actual positions on matters of public policy. John Fetterman and his campaign staff are no exception. Luke Borwigan sheds light on the matter, discussing the views on firearms that his boss has Ooh. and his boss owns. Juicy. While also revealing John Fetterman's true intention to ban the Second Amendment. It's not going to happen. There's concerns about the future of the United States of America, including what other constitutional amendments mm. that the Congress critters want banned. Luke yeah. Borwigan, special assistant to John Fetterman, says that they would be okay with, quote, like probably overturning the Second Amendment. 100% for gun control. Like red flag laws? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Flags, automatic rifles, like all that I love that. He, he owns a lot of guns. Does he own the guns <laughs> that he's trying to ban? No. <laughs> Not like a lot of, like shotgun. Like, I'm sure, yeah. So- he's trying to save himself. He's like... <laughs> He did not expect this lady to actually ask him a tough question like that. He's like, um, maybe, oh, no, I think, um, uh, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have any gun that he's trying to ban. Yeah, that's perfect, yeah. So what exactly will he try to ban? (laughs) But what is an assault weapon? An assault weapon is not a classification for a gun. It's not a category of gun. You can't go into a gun store and say, oh, can I have an assault weapon? That's not in a, that's not in a category of gun. That's not. It's a shotgun, a handgun, a pistol, a sniper, a bazooka. Like, <laughs> these are types of guns. Or in the last case, it's a, it's, a, it's a grenade launcher type thing. But 
nonetheless are a rocket launcher. The thing is that there are different types of guns. You can't just say an assault weapon. This could be used as an assault weapon because they knock you on the forehead with it. That's an assault. And I used a weapon. Ooh, an assault weapon. But there's no classification for guns as an assault weapon. He's like assault weapons ban. Like he probably he'd be okay with like overturning the Second Amendment. Probably. That's crazy. I think he would much rather prefer like nobody have guns at all. So so he would so, be for like yeah. he would be for like completely just removing the Second Amendment thing. Oh God no. <laughs> oh my God he he just realized. But the thing is, obviously, she's asking you questions that are very specific. And at the same exact time, he has guns. So why would he want to ban the Second Amendment if he himself has guns? Oh, God, no. Very specific question. Oh, yeah, you keep questioning the fact that she is asking you very specific questions, but you still answer the very specific questions. And of course, she's not going to tell you, oh, yeah, see my camera right here? Haha, ha, I got you on video. <laughs> no, she's not going to do that. She's just going to say, no, I'm not. Believe me, bro. Like, why would she say yes? That doesn't make any sense. Honesty is so important in the United States of America. If we do not have informed consent, if we do not have actual information that's unfiltered, unprejudiced, yep. unbiased, and uncensored, we simply don't have the information required for us to elect our representatives, yep. and therefore we cannot actually have freedom. Freedom itself becomes an illusion without access to unfettered, no pun intended, information mm. we want you to wear a camera and follow the footsteps of this brave journalist who recorded this aide who got him to be honest who got him to say what he really thinks and what he actually believes yep. and nothing could be more important to that so if you want to do this go to yep no i completely agree and james o'keefe you need more undercover journalists that want to do exactly this because this is a very important thing to do and especially because we keep having different people, they can't track down exactly who it is that they're that that's the undercover the undercover journalists at the moment because there's so many undercover journalists they don't know who. So it's like they either don't go on any dates with anybody that asks any questions, which may lead them to break up with people that aren't actually an undercover journalist, or they go on a date with somebody, spill the beans, and then get exposed on James O'Keefe. So, I mean, it's a lose-lose situation for you. Just don't ask any specific questions, and then that's it. But, of course, I want you to answer specific questions so we can actually have a great sense of what's going on here in America behind the scenes. But moving on to the next article, we actually have the debt limit. So what exactly is in the debt limit proposal? So the House Republicans are trying, and this according to PBS, um, because I tried to find the most centered news to actually listen to on this case in my media sources that I normally look to. They didn't break down the debt limit proposal as this article does. So I wanted to actually go over here and um, see exactly what's in the debt limit proposal. Because I know some of the things that are in here, but I want to make sure that we have everything correct. But I don't, it doesn't seem like this is it because this is a little bit old. I mean, we can look at the Associated Press. Um, I do have an article from the Associated Press, but I'm going to see if I can sniff out the one-sided narrative that AP has um, because this is the one that we saw that I see here that goes through and breaks it down. So here's what's in and what's out of the debt limit bill to avert the United States default. 
So, President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have been working the phones in an intense working the phones to in an intense push to sell Congress on the 99-page bill that would suspend the nation's debt limit through the 2025 year to avoid a federal default while limiting government spending. The Democratic president and the Republican speaker have to win their respective parties respective party support for the plan to in time to avert a default that would shake the global economy on tuesday lawmakers began scrutinizing and debating the legislation which also includes provisions to fund medical care for veterans change work requirements for some recipients of government aid and streamline environmental reviews for controversial pipelines and other energy projects okay so first of all this is one-sided i already knew the ap is going to be one-sided but i didn't know that i was going to find it in the second paragraph so controversial pipelines what do you mean controversial pipelines we're going to to um resume the key keystone pipeline now xl because this is actually going to make the united states have more money because we send out our oil to other countries are we going to get oil from other countries through pipelines now? Because we know that pipelines are more streamlined than actually sending oil on barrels on boats. This is exactly how we do it now in the United States. So if we streamline the process and have pipelines going from one country to the next, we can streamline the process of getting oil over here to the United States and thus making it cheaper for us to use the gas in our cars because of the fact we don't need to pay for the diesel inside of the boats. Wow, how's that so hard to understand, AP? Um, the modest deal gives us both men wins to talk. The modest deal gives both men wins to talk. With Biden protecting major parts of his agenda from Republican cuts and McCarthy soaring several con conservative spending caps, and changes to government programs. McCarthy has pled, ple McCarthy has pledged that the House will vote on the legislation Wednesday, giving the Senate time to consider it before June fifth, the date when the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that the United States could default on its debt obligations if lawmakers do not act in time. Okay, so there wasn't a specific X date that Janet Yellen actually gave. She said that the first week of June is when we could potentially default. If not the first week of June, then it's the last week of June or early July. So where are they getting June 5th from? Because that's not the X date in the United States. But passage of the bill could be a heavy lift. A growing number of hardline conservatives have already expressed early concerns with the compromise and that it does not cut future deficits enough. While Democrats have been worried about proposed changes to work requirements in programs such as food stamps, with the details of the deal now released, here's what's in and what's out. Okay, first of all, the proposed change to the food stamps is having you work if you are under the age of 55 to be eligible for these food stamps. You should not be able to just stay at home and collect food stamps and get along with life without working at least one day. Just work one day. So you're on the books, you're making money, so you're contributing somewhat to society and not just taking from society. Why should you just have a life that you don't work and you have everything paid for? No, you're not entitled to that. You're entitled to saving your money and retiring whenever you have enough to retire. The agreement would keep non-defense spending roughly flat in the 2024 physical year and increase it by 1% the following year. Good. We should increase spending 1% each year because inflation is 3% every year. Why spend more than money than we actually have? It doesn't make much sense at all. If we don't have the money, we don't have the money. 
Um, the agreement would keep non-defense spending roughly flat in the 2024 physical year and increase by 1% in the following year, as well as suspend the debt limit until January 2025, past the next presidential election. Good. For the next physical year, the bill matches Biden's proposed defense budget of $886 billion and allows allot $704 billion for non-defense spending. Non-defense spending. See, we're just spending so much money in the United States. What are we doing if we're not defending in the military? Paying everybody off? It's like, what are we doing? Only a hundred, oh, less than 10% of the bill goes towards defending. What are we doing? The bill also requires Congress to approve 12 annual spending bills or face a snapback to spending limits from the previous year, which would mean a 1% cut. So you, we need to spend more money unless we get a snapback to spending limits? The legislation aims to limit federal budget growth to 1% for the next six years, but that provision will not be enforceable starting in will not be enforceable starting in 2025. Well, that sentence makes no sense, AP. So the so this will not even be enforceable until 2025. But if you don't improve, you don't approve 12 spending bills, you will get a snapback. And we're going to talk about the non-defense spending increasing by one year starting in 2024. What? Okay. Um, overall, the Congress Budget Office projected Tuesday that the bill would reduce budget deficits by about $1.5 over the next decade, which is just making the next decade less and less money. But um, we are still at a high, high debt in the United States. We're at over $30 trillion in debt. So how are we going to pay this off? Are we just not going to talk about that? It's like one one month you spent $5,000 on your credit cards and then and you still have that $5,000 balance, but the next month you spent $4,000. So you you said that you cut the spending by 20%. Yes, you did, but you still didn't pay off your debt. <laughs> what are you talking about? The agreement would fully fund medical care for veterans at levels included in Biden's proposal for the 2024 budget blueprint, including a fund dedicated to veterans who have been exposed to toxic substances or environmental hazards. Biden sought $20.3 billion for the toxic exposure budget. Um, the Biden, Biden, Biden sought $20.3 billion for toxic exposure fund in his budget. And I, and I completely agree with this because are those who are veterans like i said at the beginning of this episode our veterans matter so much because they gave so much for this country so we should give that something back to them the agreement would resend about 30 billion dollars in unspent coronavirus re relief money that congress approved through various through previous bills and it claws back unobligated money for dozens from dozens of federal programs that received aids during the pandemic including rental assurance and small business loans and broadband in for rural areas. The legislation protects pandemic funding for veterans, medical care, housing assistance, and Indian health services. What, what is this Indian health service? Why, why is this just not called a health service so we can get more people involved in this? And some $5 billion for a program focused on rapidly developing the next generation of COVID vaccines and treatments. Are you serious? $5 billion for that? That's stupid. Republicans targeted money for them that the IRS was allowed last year to crack down on tax fraud. The bill bites into some of the IRS funding 
Resending $1.4 billion, budget scorekeeper said that the bill would increase deficits by $900 million because less enforcement means less revenue coming into the Treasury. Okay, so how about we've solved the solution? We get rid of the IRS completely. We get rid of the IRS completely. We raise the sales tax slightly. We cut all of these spendings. We cut Social Security. We cut Medicare. Okay. If you're on Medicare or Social Security, okay, you have it. If you don't, then that's bad. Okay. You don't get it. That's too bad. So sad. You don't get Social Security and Medicare if you're not on Social Security and Medicare. I'm paying for Social Security and Medicare. When I'm older, it's not going to be around. It's not going to be around. I'm paying into it. Boo-hoo. So sad. Go cry me a river so I can build a bridge and go over it. Okay. The thing is that we need to have a system in place in the United States that we can cut back on spending, not only spending, but actually losing out of our paychecks every single week. I lose all, a lot of my paycheck every single week to taxes, and those taxes are getting, going towards Social Security and Medicare, which I'm not going to be getting. Now, because of the fact that we cut taxes so heavily, we get rid of the IRS so we can save that $1.4 billion, then we will make sure that we get it in sales tax. Now, sales tax and the cutting of the federal budget would make sure that we don't default on our debt and we're probably going to have a surplus of money anyway because we're not spending so heavily on things we do not need and if we prioritize if we privatize the retirement program here in america then so many people will just re just um be forced to um take their money and privatize it in their own companies take a portion of it however social security and medicare usually took put it into a, a private account and you'll be good for the rest of your life because you're going to make a better outcome than what the government's going to give you. The agreement would expand work requirements for the sub, sub, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as food stamps, a longtime Republican priority. But the changes are pared down from the House pass debt ceiling bill. Work requirements already exist for most able-bodied adults between the ages of 18 and 49. The bill would phase in the higher age limits, bringing the maximum age to 54 by 2025. But the provision expires, bringing the maximum age back to age 40 to five, 49, five years later in 2030. Why? Why? That doesn't even make any sense. Leave it at 54. Because the retirement age here in America is 65. Why? You, you get an 11 year ahead on your retirement. You have your whole entire life. Democrats also won some new expanded benefits for veterans, homeless people, and young people aging out of foster care. This would also expire in 2030, according to the agreement. The agreement would also make it slightly harder for states to waive work requirements for SNAP for certain individuals. Certain laws law allows states to issue some exceptions to the work rules on the discrimination discriminatory basis, but limits how people can be exempted. The agreement would lower the number of exceptions that a state can issue and curb state's ability to carry over the number of exceptions they hand out from month to month. The agreement would also make changes to the Temporary Assistance to Needy Families program, which gives cash aid to families with children. While not going as far as the House bill has proposed, the deal would make adjustments to the credit that allows states to require fewer purpose recipients to work, updating the red adjusting the credit to make it harder for states to avoid. 
The deal puts in place changes to the National Environmental Policy Act for the first time in nearly four decades, and that would designate a single lead agency to develop a schedule of environmental reviews in hopes for streamlining, streamlining the process. It also simplifies some of the requirements for environmental reviews, including placing lengthy length l limitations on environmental assessments and impact statements. The agencies will be given one year to complete environmental reviews and projects that are deemed to ha have complex issues on the environment that will need to be reviewed within two years. The bill also gives a special treatment to the Mountain Valley Pipeline, a West Virginia natural gas pipeline championed by Senators Joe Manchin and Shelby Moore Capito by approving all of its outs outstanding permit requests. Republicans have long sought to reel back on the Biden administration's efforts to provide student loan relief to aid to millions of borrowers during the coronavirus pandemic, while the GOP proposal to rescind the White House's plan to waive the $10,000 to $20,000 in debt for nearly all borrowers failed to make it to, into the package. Yeah, good, because you, you got yourself into the debt. So why would we, the United States people, pay with our taxpayers to pay for you? I'm not going to pay for you. I need to pay for myself. Um, Biden agreed to put, put an end to the pause on the student loan repayment. Okay, good. So we already knew this was going to go straight to court because the president himself does not have the right to just forgive student loans. So no, we already knew this was coming to an end. Pay your student loans. You decide to go to school, you pay for the student loans. The pause in student loan repayments would end in the final days of August. Okay, so you still have some time. Start saving. Stop spending your money. Put it in a high-yield savings account. You have two months to start saving. The fate of Biden's broader student loan relief, meanwhile, would be de decided at the Supreme Court, which is dominated by a 6-3 to three by its conservative wing. Okay, and? During oral arguments in the case, several of the justices expressed deep skepticism skepticism about the legality of biden's plan a decision is expected before the end of june okay so whatever start saving you have one month damn people you need to if you have debt pay off the debt right now you had two years to try to plan on getting some money saved up in a bank account so you can pay off the student loans and you didn't want to do that house republicans passed legislation last month that would have created new work requirements for some medicaid recipients but that was left out of the final agreement. The idea faced stiff opposition from the White House and congressional Democrats who said it would lead to fewer people being able to afford food or health care without actually increasing the number of people in the workforce. Okay, so this is the thing, though. You need to blame yourself. These people in the White House or the House Republicans or whatever, these people, House Republicans, Cong Congress, Senate these uh the white house administration showed the so the joe biden administration all have yourself to blame yes the republicans also because the republicans spent record high in the last four years or five years we have 80 percent of the world's money we just printed it so you have nobody else to blame but yourself for people not being able to afford food so don't go and give them more money no we need to make sure that they have the ability to to make money themselves so they're self-sufficient. 
Um, also, absent from the federal deal is the GOP proposal to repeal many of the clean energy tax credits Democrats passed in the party line votes last year to boost the production of the and consumption of clean energy. McCarthy and the Republicans have argued that the tax breaks distort the market and waste taxpayer money. Okay, so everything's a waste of money. This is, so, I mean, that's the thing. Everything is a waste of money. So you guys in the Republican sphere wasted money during COVID. But now we're going to complain that we're wasting money if there's a Democrat in charge. See, this is the thing. I can call out my party because my party itself spent so much money. The Democrats spend record record amounts of money while they have their Democrat in the White House. We, in the Republican sphere, have our Republican president blow out the spending. And then we say that Democrats are bad for the spending. No, we're also bad. Everybody's bad at spending. You need to realize that we cannot be spending like this because we will not have a country if we keep spending like this. The White House has defended it, the tax credits and as resulting in hundreds of billions of dollars into private sector investments for creating thousands of manufacturing jobs in the United States. And this is exactly what we should have. Businesses move back to America instead of moving overseas because we don't make any money if they move overseas. Not only that, but we don't have any opportunities here in America if everybody and their mom moves to China to do it for cheaper. With that being said, let's move into a dozen takes, or let's move into the media's takes. What is permitting, so starting off, we actually have a CNN article. We have, what is permitting reform? The critical energy provision buried in jet ceiling negotiations. Tucked into the bipartisan debt ceiling de deal is a critical energy provision that Democrats and Republicans in Washington both want, at least in theory. Energy permitting reform, which aims to cut down on the time it takes for new projects to get approved, is one of the few bipartisan measures to emerge from the debt limit deal, but is not without controversy. Here's what to know. What is energy permitting? Energy permitting may sound dry, but it's the most important and necessary step in for any plan that intends to bring new sources of energy to our homes and businesses. It's a shorthand term for all the environmental and technical approvals made needed for major energy projects like the wind farm or massive solar array, electrical transmission line or gas pipeline. Essentially, it's a key hurdle to getting new energy projects built in the United States. In the United States, the process in particularly is particularly complex because there are multiple layers of government that project developers need to answer to. Federal, state, and local. For the government, the federal government alone, there are multiple agencies that need to sign off on big energy projects, creating multiple hurdles and dragging out the time before a project can be constructed. Why is energy permitting reform needed? Long wait times is a major problem permitting reform aims to solve. This isn't a new problem, but it is becoming in more acute because of the major climate and energy laws Congress passed last summer. The Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act con contained billions of dollars in tax credits designed to turbocharged turbo energy, especially clean energy in the United States. But while there's a ton of money for these projects, it still takes time for them to get built. We've seen over the past 10 to 20 years in this country, the, regi the regime that we used to permit projects has shifted to a point where it simply is unworkable to build infrastructure. Whether it be done offshore, wind, energy, tech, 
technologies or other infrastructure necessarily just need to make our economy work. RWE Renewables America exclusive Sam Eden, who focuses on offshore wind, said at a recent in industry conference, why is permitting reform part of the debt ceiling deal? Permitting reform came up for a vote last year that failed in the Senate. Lawmakers and the White House officials aim to stick it into must-pass legislation on raised debt ceiling limit. Since permitting into a complex and somewhat controversial issue, both parties agree that it takes far too long for the United States to build new energy infrastructure, with a five-year average wait time for projects to get unnecessary approvals and permits. But where they disagree is what kind of projects need to be prioritized. Republicans want more gas pipelines and fossil fuel projects, while Democrats in the Biden administration are focused on clean energy and electrical transmission needed to spur the country's clean energy transition. Some Democrats' environmental groups are wary of streamlining the current process because Republicans could leverage easier permitting to gut a bedrock, a bedrock environmental law. What is being pro proposed? The proposed debt ceiling deal would impose certain timelines for federal agencies to review and approve new major energy projects. It would require agencies to complete environmental reviews in one year for simpler energy projects, or two years maximum for more environmentally complex projects. It would also streamline communication between federal agencies by setting up a single agency to take the lead for a more streamlined environmental review process. Okay, so I can see here where they're getting at. I mean, it's things here... You need to get a permit, you need to be accepted, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. I completely see where they're coming from. So I kind of agree with them, um, but I kind of see where this can go wrong too, because if we have too little people actually accepting it, then this could be a harmful thing because of the fact that we're not having anything regulated. It's like if I could just open up a restaurant by only having the approval of one board of directors, then... How about the business side of it? Is that going to be good? Or if I don't get a certain um, business license, well, if I don't get a certain business license, but I have all of the li licenses to open up a restaurant, but I don't have my cooking license, it's like I'm missing something in the puzzle. To open up a restaurant, you need like five different licenses to make sure that you actually know what you're doing. Is like a food safe license, there's a safe handling license, there's a this and a that license, there's a license to make sure that you're an actual business. It's There's so many licenses now. So yeah, I can see where streamlining the process could come in handy because it can speed up the process, but are we still going to do things the right way if we speed up the process? If we do, then that's going to save us money, and I do like it, and that's getting the hands of the government out of our daily life anyway. So, moving on to the next article, we actually have an MSNBC article. We have Mar-a-Lago classified documents case keeps getting worse for Trump. Okay, so it could not get worse for Joe Biden because we found, we've literally found classified documents next to his Chevy inside of his garage. So how can this get worse for Trump? Let's find out. New reporting from the Washington Post that Trump employees moved boxes of classified documents suggests plenty about the former president's intent. Okay, so how about... Joe Biden. We're not going to take these two comparisons seriously because of this is MSNBC, guys. Um, on th Thursday, the Washington Post published a bombshell story on the new developments 
in the Justice Department's investigation into classified documents found at former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. If the Post reporting is accurate, Trump's already perilous legal situation just got a lot worse. On June 3rd, 2022, a senior Justice Department predecessor and federal government agents went to Mar-a-Lago to retrieve material in response to a May 2022 subpoena requiring the return of all classified documents from Trump's residence. One day earlier, sources told the Post, two Trump employees have moved boxes of documents into a storage area, raising the question of whether Trump was hiding classified documents from the agents and keeping them in violation of the subpoena. Okay, so I don't trust CNN or MSNBC more than I trust Trump. I don't, it's like these sources are very, very partisan because it's like Trump's defending himself or MSNBC is trying to get Trump on something. So Trump himself said that he was in talks with the National Archives Committee to say, no, I'm going to lock these in my closet because I want this letter of Xi Jinping talking to me. So, or, or the North Korean president or the North Korean dictator. So it's like, I, I don't. I don't trust either one of these sources right now. The Post reports that Trump and his age had allegedly practiced moving sensitive papers that Trump did not want to give back to the government, even before his office received the subpoena last year. According to the Post and New York Times, Trump at times had also reportedly kept docu- classified documents visible in his office and even showed them to others. So this is a question of how classified are these do- documents, though? Are these letters from Xi Jinping or North Korea? Or are these letters from Putin or Zelensky from Ukraine? What are these What are these papers? Because if it's showing the nuclear codes, that's a completely different story. But we have a habit of over-classifying everything in the United States. No, if it's a letter, then it should not be classified. It should be put out because it's just a letter. As long as it says, oh, I hate this country. If it's just a letter between Trump and Putin talking, they're just having conversation that's something different. But it still would be classified in the eyes of the government. If Trump instructed his employees to move documents from his obvious purpose of concealing them from his investigators, especially if they practice doing so, then they would speak directly to Trump's intent in this matter. But you don't know his intent, so don't act like you do. In light of a grand jury subpoena requiring the return of classified documents, he would appear to have taken brazen steps to thwart the subpoena in interfere with the Justice Department's investigation. The attempt meets the requirements of an obstruction of justice charge under the 18 U.S.C. 1519. Similarly, if Trump really had showed off classified documents to people at Mar-a-Lago, then it would add to what we already know of his legal liability. Just by retaining the documents, Trump would be would face a liability for apparent willing, willful possession and retention of the classified documents pertaining to national defense. But you don't know what the national documents are, the classified documents are, though. Under Section 793E of the Espionage Act, it is a criminal offense for a a person without authorization to willingly retain classified documents and fail to deliver them to an officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive them. Okay, first of all, he's the president of the United States. If no one has classification... 
or or if no one has the ability to read that classified document, then nobody should be able to read that classified document. He's the president for Pete's sake. If he doesn't have the authority to read the document, then nobody does. Like, what? Oh, okay. Well, that's why we're going to end off this video because I've had enough with MSNBC and the CNN talking points, which get me very annoyed, which get you also very annoyed too. So if you do want to stay up to date with all of the news that's actually non-biased, or I like to look at it in the most medium way possible, or the the most center-leaning way, I like to look at it like that. But of course, I have my media bias, and of course, I have my opinion on things. But I like to keep it fairly to the middle, but of course, I'm a conservative. So I like to look at things in the conservative eye. So with that being said, if you do like my take on things, and you do want to stay up to date with all of the news, Please subscribe and like down below because I do post every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you all for watching. The Demetrius Rujo Show is copyright 2023 at Rujo Studios. Thank you all for watching and I hope they have a great rest of your day. Bye.